five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Poem Podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris Allied Force, joined virtually by Omni and Omni Stripe, missing in action this week because he didn't realize we were recording. Sam at another Sam Champ. Did the time or day change from like regular schedule? No, I mean, the day is pretty consistent. Hmm. Occasionally, oh. the time might shift a bit. Yeah, the, the daylight savings probably got him. Yeah, that fallback. He, he, so really what he did is he showed up an hour ago, couldn't figure <laughs> out if we were recording. Like, he hasn't actually figured out the clock's change, so Sam's probably been, like, arriving early to everything hey. and just can't understand what's happening. Maybe he already recorded his part, so we can just, like, you know, insert it. it. Stitch it in into the uh, episode, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe we can do that. Uh, but no, it is just uh, you and I here, Omni, on uh, what will probably be a relatively quick episode compared to the last couple we've had, where we've had some pretty solid interviews. Last week we had uh, uh, Mario, uh, and uh, the week uh, prior to that uh, we had, uh, or two weeks prior to that we had uh, had Karki with us. So mm-hmm. we've got some more interviews lined up, just not with this particular episode. What we will talk about before we kick things off is Extra Life Game Day. You have heard me talk about Extra Life on this podcast non-stop for the last few weeks, actually a couple of months now, and Extra Life Game Day is taking place this weekend. That's right, Saturday, November 7th. It is the showcase event where Extra Life gamers around the world get together to raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, uh, myself. I'm taking part. I'm fundraising for the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. I know there are others uh, that have joined the Team RSP from outside of Vancouver or British Columbia, and they're probably going to be supporting a extra or a Children's Miracle Network hospital uh, nearer to them. But it is not too late for you, our listeners, to get involved. If you want to join Team RSP, stream your gameplay, have a good time with us. First and foremost, go to bitly slash. Uh, 2020 or RSP Extra Life 2020. Sorry, I got the link wrong there. And uh, you'll find all the details on our team page. You can also jump into RSP Discord. We've got all the details there as well. If, however, you know, joining in, streaming your, your gameplay isn't for you, that's perfectly fine. I encourage you to tune in and watch us broadcast. So twitch.tv slash readysetphone is going to be hosting a number of the team RSP members throughout the day. I'm going to try to cycle the hosting uh, through so you can go there and see what others are doing. You can also tune into each one of us individually. I'm going to imagine we're going to be pumping it out on social media. Uh, so again, head to twitter.com slash poem. And if you have it in you, if you could provide a donation, your money, dollar for dollar, cent for cent, goes to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital that each Team RSP individual member is supporting. So if you were to go to our team page and look to click that donate button, It'll give you a list of all those on the team. You choose that person and you can provide them a donation and dollar for dollar, cent for cent goes to that hospital. So again, if you click Lightforce, you're donating your money directly to the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. Those donations, tax deductible. And if you happen to be in the United States, you can pay in US funds. If you happen to be in Canada, you can pay in Canadian funds. 
there really is no reason why you can't to turn out and support. There's no reason why you can't help spread the word. And if you can, please, please, please think about the kids and uh, provide a donation uh, if, uh, if it's at all possible. Now, this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about what's going on in the world of the Toronto Defiant. We've got some news. Uh, co-owner of the uh, Overactive Media, owners of the Toronto Defiant, Adam Adam, joined our uh, friends out east, see Overwatch. And so we've got some notes out of that uh, interview. We've seen uh, a few things uh, happen within uh, the Overwatch League itself and uh, any other loose ends that we can uh, think to tap. But uh, let's uh, waste no further time. We'll dive directly over the payload. Moving the payload! Join me! Just after we clicked record last week, as is sort of, you know, podcast lore, uh, the Toronto Defiant announced the winner of their very first Community Hero Award. For those who have been listening to the podcast, for those of you who follow the Toronto Defiant, you know that the Community Hero Award was to represent a, a person who contributed back to the community and uh, really, you know, did phenomenal things uh, that also helped advance the the community that surrounds the Toronto Defiant. And I can't think of any better person than Richard, great root bear, and who, who won the inaugural Community Hero Award. Now, I'm not going to go and suggest that, hands down, it was going to be Richard, but I, I can't lie here. If it was another person who I am sure there are many deserving people out there, I would have been shocked. Richard is phenomenal within the Overwatch League community. He's phenomenal with any community uh, that he supports. He got things started with the New York Excelsior, the Five Deadly Venoms. He's still involved there. Now that he's involved in Toronto, having uh, lived in Toronto and now just um, a little outside of Toronto uh, as he exists today. Uh, again, he's been so monumental uh, within the community. In fact, Mario was referencing him in his interview and everything that he's done. You see Richard... Uh, really drive community events. Uh, he's been an integral part of the GOATS tournament that Toronto Defiant hosted, the uh, fan appreciation weekend he was involved in. Uh, he's involved in watch parties. Uh, he also looks to try to get uh, other supporters groups up across the Overwatch League. I remember the first time I had an opportunity to interact with him was in a phone call that was set up to try to help get the Rain City Runners off the ground. And that was, again, way, way back when... I had been asked to be part of uh, the Rain City Runners before I was asked to no longer be part of the Rain City Runners. Topic mm. of another podcast episode. But to Omni, can, can you think of, of someone better than uh, than Richard to, to win this award? No, I mean, we did mention him by name uh, before, just by thinking about this uh, award. He's uh, the person, personification of the term talk to talk, walk to walk. You know, you, if you want to be a, a vital part of the community, you just do. You just do what you want to do. You you start up these clubs, you show up, and he definitely is a big component to the fan base uh, for the Defiance. So I'm happy for him and congratulations. And, you know, he's also someone who's connected, uh, you know, with us multiple times. And he was the, mm -hmm. the person that helped get our, our RSP versus TAF show match off the ground. Uh, we looked to raise money for, for water.org. Uh, again, I think he was one of our first uh, guests on the show too, right? I, he, Richard is actually yet to join RSP oh, for an episode. Right. I think, wasn't he? Not yet. Um, uh, Not yet. We've been We're, just going for over 90 episodes, I guess. Uh, 
dementia is kicking in. <laughs> but uh, no, we will get him on as a guest. I can assure you that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the few times where we've tried to coordinate things, it hasn't quite worked out. But we will get him on because, again, it's he's got a wealth of knowledge, yeah. a ton of energy, and he is uh, a extremely right. uh, strong proponent of the, the Canadian Overwatch yeah. uh, League scene. Uh, that I mean, was the Overwatch just League my... scene itself. Yeah, that was just my very super clever way of inviting him on the show again. So, Richard, we know you listen. <laughs> Open invitation. Let's get you on an upcoming episode. Sticking in Toronto, though, uh, we led off the episode by telling you that uh, our friends over at CA Overwatch got to sit down with Adam Adamo. And, you know, Adam has joined us previously. He also has joined uh, CA Overwatch before. And it was a, a, a lengthy conversation that they had. They talked on about a number of different topics. They talked about Mad Lines a little bit, the uh, Toronto Ultra. Uh, but the bulk of the conversation had to do with the Toronto Defiant, as well as really the Overwatch League in general. Now, I'm not going to go and ruin the interview. I strongly encourage you, if you haven't done so already, is to go and check that uh, that uh, episode out. Uh, see Overwatch uh, publishes on YouTube. Um, you can find... Uh, a link to the uh, the interview over in uh, our Discord. We've shared it there. We've promoted it on social media. Uh, I believe they've now also started recording an auditory podcast along with their their YouTube uh, uh, interview. But uh, go go listen to it. Lots of information. I'm not going to hit on all of it, but I thought I'd, we could talk about a, a few uh, a few key points. The first thing that Adam sort of shared, which I found quite interesting, is that from a business perspective the business side of the organization hit or if not hit was extremely close to the targets that they had set going in to the year. And I, I find it interesting simply because homestands didn't occur. And he goes on a little bit later to suggest that the Toronto defiant had some of the fastest uh, selling homestand tickets, the hottest tickets, some of the most greatest demand throughout the overwatch league. So to not have that showcase event and that, sudden withdrawal of the uh, you know revenue that would have come in, you would think that the targets themselves would be difficult to achieve. So there's part of me that wonders, did they set conservative targets? Maybe not hedging their bets on a pandemic, but mm-hmm. you know, that smart, prudent decision where we're not entirely sure what we're getting into. So let's go into this with our, our eyes wide open and be pleasantly surprised if it uh, works out really well. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, they did mention the fact that they were uh, among the leaders uh, in the league. So uh, that part was at least uh, pretty successful. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the uh, Toronto Defiant are concerned, uh, he did share that uh, new head coach KDG will have responsibility to build the roster. And uh, the... uh, uh, Chris and Spencer had followed that up saying, okay, well, are we looking at a Korean roster, a Western roster? Are there any rules, any parameters? And uh, Adam quite specifically said no, outside of wanting to have a roster that has synergy and can work within a budget that they have, have set. That's really it. Um, he referenced how the Vancouver Titans had success when they brought in Runaway with the team synergy and cohesiveness that had existed there. Mm-hmm. It would, and he sort of inferred that it would be nice to have something like that. He also talked about there being a two to three year plan, and the hope is is not having to go and hit the reset button uh, as significantly as they have after this past season and the season previous. 
that all sounds, you know, fine. The point though, that I, I clued into was the within budget. Cause if there's something that we've talked about on previous episodes and as well, what we've seen as being scuttlebutt throughout the league is that teams are now really all focusing on, on working within a budget. We're going to talk a little bit about the Paris Eternal uh, down the way. Uh, but yeah. when you hear a team say work within budget, first and foremost, teams have budgets. I, I don't think it should be a surprise. <laughs> but when you start maybe, to see uh, you're working... Maybe the Fusion don't. Well, maybe. But when you start to hear teams saying we're working within a budget, when the, when the actual within a budget becomes present, yeah. that's generally as if you were to go to, uh, instead of Whole Foods, buy low foods. And I'm not <laughs> trying to suggest that's what the Toronto Defiant are doing here, because Adam did go and suggest that he feels the Toronto Defiant sort of budget that they're going to operate with him has them within sort of the top third of the league. He said top of the league. Mm. He, he sort of said, maybe, you know, I, I won't say we're number one, but we're definitely in sort of like the top nine. And so I interpreted that to be the top third of the, of the league. Yeah. That's a bold I, statement. That means that if they are in the top third of the, of, of, of the league, that budget needs to be a bit heavy. Well, this this could be true, but then the counterpoint yeah. is that a team starting to reduce budget. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm meant to say that it's it does feel a bit contradictory. You you know you don't normally bring up uh, the budgeting uh, term uh, like you mm -hmm. said unless it's uh, in in the context of uh, constraint, right? Exactly, and so we you know, we were having a conversation uh, through the RSP Twitter account with uh, uh, essentially a, a player agent uh, uh, within the esports scene, and in the conversation we were having, we had sort of asked, you know, we're not suggesting player contracts are going to shrink, but is it possible that the number of contracts that exist does? And if we consider travel is likely not going to be a thing. In fact, Adam sort of alluded to the fact that next season will be online unless something were to change, and if it were to change, it would be real late in the season. And if travel's not involved, might teams then focus on the Vancouver Titans model or the Washington Justice model, you know, league minimum seven, instead of, you know, some of the rosters we saw were 12 or more. So that might be a thing that helps work within a budget. That means you're, you're obviously acquiring high price talent, but your budget overall comes down for player personnel because you don't have as many contracts to sign. Or could it mean that teams are tightening the belt a little bit? The pandemic has not helped league revenues. I don't imagine, um, or if they have, they've, they were have hurt. It's, you know, there's definitely going to be a hit. So I'm genuinely intrigued when I hear the term work within budget. Time will tell. Uh, the only player currently under contract is Logics. And the question came up about, oh, hey, um, you know, all these changes, It'll be sad to see these players go. Uh, Adam shared that they had been trialing um, potential players uh, for quite some time in EU and in North America, including some of the previous players who they chose not to exercise an option for. Mm -hmm. So that lines up with the possibility that a prior Toronto Defiant player comes back, presuming they fit within the plan or structure that KDG has in mind. And in the last uh, note that I, I took from this is a question had come up around the Overwatch League itself. And it was actually not about the Overwatch League. The question sort of came out of the hot rumor of when Overwatch 2 might launch. Mm. And uh, Adam, it was really interesting because Adam sort of asked a rhetorical question, I thought it was, or it might have an actual question. Oh, so Overwatch 2 is, you know, launching in April? As if that, you know, 
was news to him. And uh, Chris and Spencer clarified, he's like, oh, no, no, I, I haven't heard, you know, the, uh, the specific dates yet. That seems a little bit late. But he did say that the Overwatch League is going to start later in 2021 than it did in 2020. Now, later could mean a day, it could mean weeks, it could mean months, but I don't think it should be any shock to us that we're going to probably have a longer off-season than we have seen in, in sort of past years. The other thing you mentioned, Call of Duty League is going to launch first. And that has more to do with the fact that they, they have things and plans better underway. Going back to the rumor that the Over, uh, Overwatch 2 is going to come out, start of 2020. Yeah, again, it's a hot rumor. Things are really sort of lining up that there's this possibility. And we're going to talk about BlizzCon Line. It happens in February. What's not to say that a, a game doesn't, uh, you know, come out in a league start to showcase on day one? And I don't mean day one a game launch, but you know, showcase the new game on day one. It'll definitely be a good um, opportunity for 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 the game and for Blizzard if it does if it is ready at at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they talked about a lot of other things, monetization within the game, um, some of the plans they have, uh, potentially how they can evolve the game itself, integrate esports lore. I mean, it was. Really good interviewing. Adam, for those who have listened to him, talk to us here at RSP. Uh, very candid, very transparent conversation. Uh, also very straight about uh, what he says uh, uh, with his answers. So I encourage you, go check that uh, interview out. Again, it's CA Overwatch. Uh, our friends over there, you can find them on uh, on Twitter, twitter.com. So CA Overwatch. And uh, I'm sure they're promoting the, uh, the interview on social. Uh, Vancouver Titans news. We've got none outside. They continue to exist. Which I guess isn't a bad thing. It's just we have no indication of when we might hear what's happening. Not to suggest there's a hurry. But if you're a fan of the Vancouver Titans, there's not a whole lot to really do at the moment. You can consume some of the content. They've got a contest right now asking for pictures of your great adventure, which (laughs) seems kind of weird considering the pandemic and all that, but Hey, who am I to stop a sponsorship activation? It's the same thing all over again. I mean, I, I am not expecting them to not be ready for the season, uh, you know, opener or for the deadlines. They, they are usually coming out late with the news, but they are coming. Uh, so I'm not worried. It's just, it's just a shame that we're not getting anything else, but I'm not worried. No, I'm not worried either. And yeah. it's, it is more that it's a shame. But hey, anyone here from the Vancouver Titans, if you want to talk to us about anything, including, I don't know, what's going on uh, weather-wise, we're here. You know how to reach us. Uh, we're going to take ourselves a short break uh, and uh, then uh, start to run along into the fray. Hey, everyone. Extra Life is looking for gamers. Extra Life from Children's Miracle Network Hospitals raises money through gaming of all kinds. Every dollar raised stays local to help our children's hospital when they need it the most. Play games any day and fund vital life-saving equipment, charitable care, research, and more. For all the details on Extra Life, go to extra-life. Org. Connect with thousands of other gamers. Play games. Heal kids. Extra-life.org. Thank you. 
changes as weeks pass, but there have been more changes. So I thought again, as I've been doing as rapid fire through some of the, uh, the changes that have uh, impacted uh, different players and, and personnel throughout the league. Uh, Atlanta is a team that has made a significant number of changes. They have quote unquote cut Erster, Saucy, Popo, FRD, Fire, Dogman, and as well as assistant coaches, Silence, Mentalist, and Kodak. New York Excelsior, they cut Mandu and the Soul Dynasty, they cut Wizard Young. So again, not as many cuts as we have seen in the past. And now that free agency is starting to sort of ramp up, you would think that there'd be a ton of players being signed. Not so many. (laughs) Um, Dallas signed eight as an assistant coach. Uh, Guangzhou Charge signed Arachne as a head coach, which is someone who is at one point rumored to be possibly going to Toronto. Uh, New York Excelsior, they actually made a trade with Philadelphia Fusion. They've traded Mono to the Fusion. The San Francisco Shock signed a guy who's an assistant coach. Uh, Washington signed Okery, who was, again, previously cut last week as a coach. And then the uh, LA Glads, uh, they signed Brenda as their new GM. I want to say she was previously with, was it Guangzhou or Guangzhou? Uh, I, I have no answer for that. I'm sorry. I, I can't remember. I, I had meant to, to write <laughs> that down. I had, had looked it up. But again, it's more on the personnel side, not so yeah. much on the player side. Right. I've been thinking about this a little bit more. I wonder if maybe the great sort of signing or signings will kick off when full free agency opens up. So there are still a number of players on 2019 contracts that could potentially find their way into free agency. And there is some thought that maybe teams are sort of holding out to ensure that they have an opportunity to go and evaluate everyone that might be available. But then also consider if the Overwatch League season is not going to kick off until later than we are used to, there's equally no real hurry uh, to expedite putting a player on under contract. Yeah, I'm. Who was it that said this? I think it was soon in one of his uh, streams or tweets. I'm not sure he was uh, uh, mentioning the fact that he might consider Valorant if an offer is not coming through. He actually mentioned uh, uh, that most of the teams have their 2021 uh, um, lineups already set. So that means that we're just, you know, the teams are already working hard and and signing players. We just don't know. And I think it'll be like a big floodgate of of teams maybe announcing full rosters or multiple signings. Uh, But yeah, we're waiting for maybe... Uh, the, the the final stage where everybody can be signed to to uh, you know to to the twenty twenty first season to season is it season four now yeah it's season four uh, so it looks like we just don't know we just don't know but according to soon who is in the know I assume being uh, f- close friends and a past teammate with a lot of flair- players it seems like a lot of teams are um, you know. Uh, beyond the middle point for, for their signings. Well, I mean, one thing we do know for certain is that uh, you need your minimum, your seven right. by January 4th. So that will be two months from the day this episode goes live that teams have to have that, that minimum seven. So you're right. So what Soon is talking about is having an idea as to who their, their roster will be. Um, 
you know, that's quite possible. This is not as transparent of a league as one might be accustomed to when it comes to traditional sports. So it could be players are already under contract. It's just those contracts themselves have yet to be announced. Or uh, Halo, who has made a return to the Overwatch League scene, has yet to leak them. <laughs> but uh, the fact that there are still so many players available and so many teams that need to sign players is is somewhat unusual but then we are also in very unusual times right anywho speaking of that soon um i'm not sure if everyone had noticed it uh, there was a a tweet or twit longer shared by by mandolin who uh, goes by uh, captain away on on twitter she's an admin for the paris eternal discord and has also um, essentially done freelance work for them. Uh, although as she goes on in the twit longer, uh, much of which has been unpaid. But she thought she would go and, and sort of share some insight that she has access to uh, from being the Discord admin and being, again, sort of on the freelance end. I strongly encourage you to go check out the, the twit longer. You can find it on her Twitter account. Again, it's at C-A-P-N-O-A. Uh, Sam tweeted it. From his twi- uh, Twitter account, at another Sam Chan, I retweeted it from Eddie Set Poem. So again, it's, it should be easy to find. A couple things, though, that uh, she pointed out. First and foremost is that uh, teams have reduced budgets. Basically, no home stands equals no money. Sam has actually talked to this point a number of times. And, you know, you and I, Omni, have sort of agreed with him on that. Is that many organizations went into last year looking at a revenue stream they hadn't had access to before those homestands. Now, some teams did get a few homestands off before the pandemic shut everything down, but those teams that had planned and banked on those homestands to bring in money suddenly were out without that cash. On top of that, they had large rosters. They were paying for, uh, you know, places for their teams to stay. If you were based in the United States, there's significant insurance at play. There's probably insurance at play here in Canada and, you know, internationally as well, but there's all of these costs that still exist. Travel, not as significant probably, but still costs. And Mm -hmm. this is why you're now starting to see teams maybe refocus their financial priorities. Uh, She talks a little bit about how the teams that had spent a lot previously are probably not going to spend as much going into this next season. And again, she sort of talks to what we had, had shared earlier where you know, it's possible that the average salary or the median salary may not change as significant, but the number of salaries that would actually exist will. Um, give some insight as to the tournament, uh, the Paris and one. Well, what about that money? Well, half the money goes to players. So that means only the other half gets to the org. And on top of that, you're still paying for your staff and your organization. Um, again, there's a number of different things, but she actually starts talking about how the Paris Eternal were already running a very budget operation and that Avala was pretty much a a master of all trades, um, having to go and and interview coaches, do player trials, handle social media, uh, create content. Like she was doing all of that uh, to ensure that it happened because, you know, the Eternal didn't have someone actually on staff to get that work done, um, which is just blows my mind. I mean, think back to the Vancouver Titans last year. Yeah. The one person we knew of was Maddie. This year, there are more people here in Vancouver. And I would suggest that there are some Titans fans that take 
them to task more often than they should. Well, imagine if it was what the Eternal are going through, where you have one person having to do not only the player personnel, but the operational and organizational mm-hmm. sides things. You know, Maddie was not running trials, I don't think. Maybe we need to get her back on the show and ask. Yeah. And very, then she also talks a little bit about... Feel. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, you know, the, the potential of talent leaving, um, you know, Ben Best and, and Nico and, and soon their contracts are not yet expired. They've been told to, um, that they might be able to look for teams. That's why I haven't actually said they've been cut because they haven't, but you know, it's possible that things were to change between now and then. Um, I don't see that as being any different than what we saw the defiant do or other teams do where if an option has a player coming back at X number of dollars, and maybe you can't afford X, you're not going to go and, you know, exercise the option as a team. You're mm-hmm. hoping that you can get them, you know, back at X minus whatever you can afford. Right. Oh, anyhow, I mean, it's, I, I share this because it provides some context as to how teams might be operating outside of what we see here within Vancouver, or obviously what might be taking place in Toronto, um, it's it's a paradigm of a number of different things. And Paris, let's be quite honest, was a successful team throughout most of the season. Right. Uh, but also I think it's fair to mention that unlike in traditional sports where we get uh, all the numbers uh, down to the dollar, uh, we don't see more than half of the picture. Because I, I guess in like traditional sports, you always know that there are some teams that go into the luxury. There are uh, salary caps. You know, some players are overpaid. Some are underpaid. We don't see so much of this picture that it only makes sense that some uh, teams would have to adjust, you know, their their uh, their spending in a way, especially mm-hmm. after after a, such a downturn in the economy and, and the pandemic situation. So it's not surprising. It's just a shame to see some of the most, you know, uh, uh, recognizable cores being uh, kind of taken apart, but that's that's something that we as fans need to get accustomed to. Not just in season four, but hopefully seasons five, six, and and however long it lasts. Yeah, uh, sort of go quickly going back to to Adam's interview with the Overwatching. He did infer, you know, there being a long term plan of beyond season four, but seasons five and and six. Uh, has actually got into conversation around broadcast and how, you know, this exercise of transitioning from Twitch to YouTube has sort of a a bigger equation uh, to go and show how esports can be marketable beyond the broadcast mm-hmm. medium. So again, go go listen to the interview there um, if you haven't done so already, and uh, he'll he'll obviously say it much better than I could go and, and paraphrase. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, it's just important to understand whether you're supporting the Toronto Defiant, the Vancouver Titans, really any other Overwatch League franchise, is that there is a business side that, you know, we may not truly understand. We have opinions on it. I mean, let's be very real here. I'm more than likely to share my feelings about the business side of an organization, whether it be here on the podcast or a uh, twit st- tweet storm on, on Twitter. But uh, I also recognize that the people behind are are genuinely doing everything that they can. There has never been a time where I have gone and said something about an individual or a person, and I don't think anyone else should either. 
I recognize that there are decisions that are being made with contexts that I pure, truly lack. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not entitled to have an opinion, nor is anyone else. It's just, again, recognizing there's always more to this story. Uh, and my opinion does not become invalid simply because I don't have all information in front of me. It's quite possible with all that information in front of me, I'd still come to the same conclusion. But is what it is. Um, moving right along. The uh, Overwatch game that we love to play uh, has had some changes. A patch got pushed out. Um, what's interesting, and you know, last episode I talked about how Baptiste upgraded his TV, and I had said if there's going to be a change that would actually be pushed live, this would be it. I was fully wrong. <laughs> his uh, his alt is still the nice CRT square. It's not you know <laughs> HD. Um, but what did get pushed out were some of the, the health adjustments, um, as well as some adjustments to, to Baptiste's uh, primary, secondary, uh, McCree's uh, reload, and, and uh, uh, some Manson changes. So I'll just quickly run through. So the Baptiste adjustment. Uh, his primary fire recovery has actually uh, been reduced a little bit. So there's a little buff there, but then the damage also went down. So while you're able to sort of fire a little bit quicker. You're dealing a little less damage. I don't know what the net is over time, um, but that's, I get why they chose it. They don't want him to suddenly become, you know, soldier with heels again. Uh, his secondary uh, fire, however, has increased. So that slowed down his ability to go and fire out his little healing pots, but then the amount of healing that they dish out has been increased. So he's a little slower, but can do a little bit more. So again, I haven't calculated the math here, but functionally being, it's just supposed to change the feel, but also provide him a better place to, to deal damage and, and heal well. Uh, Brig, she's been buffed by 25 HP. Apparently she's tank again. I don't know. I, I, I struggle with Brig. Have you, what are your thoughts on Brig right now where she exists in the game? Uh, she feels a bit overtuned again. She's uh, kind of tanky, too thick to my tastes. Uh, mm. I like the, mar the more marginal adjustments to characters' health. I think it's a good indicator that they're more confident with uh, experimenting in that because the game is in a good spot. Mm -hmm. uh, Brig is... <sighs> She's a tough character to balance correctly, I think, because the slightest adjustment might make her too tough or, or not as tough because she's so different from the other healers. Mm -hmm. And her healer uh, healing output is, uh, is, has been tweaked as well. Uh, so unless she can really go out there and smash her shield and, and, and uh, mace to the face... Uh, she can't really be as useful as as others, uh, other healers in terms of utility. So you got to do something. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a good direction. Maybe they need to adjust some of the other no numbers. Uh, I like what they have done with the health adjustments uh, to Widow as well and McCree. So mm -hmm. I'm all for well, the new uh, direction. Yeah, McCree got himself a little bit of a buff. He's gone from yeah. 200 to 225, whereas Widow has dropped, <laughs> you know, 200 to uh, 175. Right. Uh, McCree also, though, saw his reload time uh, drop from 1.5 to 1.2 seconds. Um, so you're now no longer hurt as heavily um, having hit that R button and then, you know, 
wait for him to reload his six shooter. Uh, May got the adjustments that we had seen uh, uh, being played around. So Crow Freeze actually reloading ammo, which is helpful. Hmm. Her ice wall cooldown though, from thirteen to twelve. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Like, I mean, I know one second is is insignificant in the world of May, considering the number of people who don't like her already. Yeah. I um, guess it was nerfed and at the time where they made it easier to break and they thought they need to rebalance the cooldown in a way. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And I I've, I haven't played her since and I haven't found there to be a significant change outside of the fact that you do not understand the number of times I would forget to reload when I ice blocked. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be sitting there like, okay, the moment I, I get out, I can't do anything and I'm dead. <laughs> uh, the last change we haven't talked about, Symmetra... She saw her base shields increased from 100 to 125. So while her buff is kind of like HP, unlike other players who saw health, pure health, where you need a pack or a heal to get it back, Sim shields regenerate. So this I actually feel is a heftier buff than a 25 HP uh, increase. But then also I guess I have to consider, you know, very few Sims you know, go full ham tank until they get, you know, so much bzz, bzz, bzz in small spaces. But they should. <laughs> they should. <laughs> Especially in low elo, it's Sim can make so much damage. Oh my goodness. Okay. You don't understand the number of times I'll see uh, like a uh, Rissa or someone throw their shield towards Symmetra. And it's, and it's like, oh, cool. Not only is it going <laughs> to melt, but you're going to get her primary jazzed up. Yeah. Like why, why go, I, I don't have a problem with you using your shield to pr- block her secondary, but the moment it's within primary range, like it's too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, Sigma, same problem. It's like, let's, let me give you my shield and you can eat it with your, your beam. Agreed. You know, maybe it's cause I'm a Reinhardt main where, if I have my oh, shield up man. and she can hit me, I have a primary that can hit her back. Sim should be haunting your dream, your nightmares, I should say, not dreams right about now. Hey, you don't understand the number of times I've charged Sim off the map because I'm like, worth it. <laughs> I'll go down with you. Oh, and the last thing we'll talk about, BlizzCon Line. Uh, we already shared that BlizzCon Line is going to be taking place February 19th and 20th. Um, but uh, J. Allen Brack uh, released a fireside video where he said BlizzCon Line will be free. So unlike years past where the keynote was free, but then all the individual sort of, you know, sessions and, and what have you uh, required you to pay a ticket to view virtually. I mean, just because you couldn't go to the event didn't mean you could watch everything. You still needed to pay for a virtual pass. Uh, that's free. And uh, I think that's kind of a cool gesture. It allows for more people to view the world of, you know, Activision Blizzard or Blizzard specifically in Mm -hmm. this case, learn more about what we think will be a much better look at Overwatch 2 and the possibility of a beta launching soon after that. A much better look at Diablo 4 and where they're at development. And from there, who knows what else is happening within the realm of Hearthstone or World of Warcraft. Warcraft 4? (laughs) <laughs> probably Warcraft, not Warcraft four. I would, I would love for oh, it to be man. Starcraft or Warcraft RTS. RTS are my jam. I, yeah. I, in fact, you know, I'm, I have the idea of a new podcast where I'm going to talk about some of the games that I've you know yeah. played over the years and give sort of a history of it. You're going to 
rest assured, RTS is going to be huge within yeah. that podcast because of how many of those titles I've loved over the years. Yeah, for me as well, StarCraft was my entrance to the world of, uh, like, that's how I discovered esports and how cool it can be. Yeah, I, I, CS was my entry into mm. esports. Um, but, uh, but no, I could totally see how StarCraft would be. I mean, I think, uh, you know, looking back, RTS, you know, Warcraft was phenomenal. Um, Starcraft was solid. Starcraft is the title that I think probably would get attention. They've already shared that Starcraft two is essentially done. Finally done. Yeah. Now it's been done for a while, but they've been pushing content out. Um, the fact that they've said it's now done has me thinking, is it done because now there is star like Starcraft three, an actual, you know, new version. Maybe next year they'll announce it. That's well, a bit. Well, no, that's what I'm thinking. I'm wondering if they might share it at like BlizzCon Line. I'm not going to say it's going to come out, right? Yeah, I, 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 there's only one thing I want from this uh, BlizzCon is is Overwatch Two beta announcements. Well, I, think, I, I mean, it's possible they'll share announcement. I think they'll share launch. Yeah, I was ready to dish out the cash too because, like, if you get the ticket, you, normally that's what you uh, get oh, yeah, the you reward. Get the, you get the beta. But now I don't know. Yeah, true, true that. Um, speaking of dishing out cash, though, to Blizzard, um, I may have pre-ordered the Shadowlands DLC for WoW, mm. and maybe some for three months. Interesting. Yeah, I, you know, and I don't know why, but you know, I my brother sort of talked me into checking out wow. Cause it's been so long since I played. He, he is the worst cause he plays it. That's his game. And every so often he'll convince me that I should, you know, join him in game. Uh, <laughs> another gaming community I'm part of uh, strats. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, they're into it. They got a number into it. And so I, I logged into the game. So you can play for free up to a certain level. Right. And I'm like, okay. And this feels a little bit better than it was when I left it. Um, but there's so many nags in the game. Like I can't check my mail unless you have a subscription. You, there's so uh, many things you can't do without a subscription. That. It's kind of like a mobile game when it's. Yeah. Right. Like it's freemium almost. Yeah. Um, but the nags were driving me so nuts. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just going to sub for a month to actually check out the game. And then oh, Shadowlands is coming out and I do this like almost every second DLC. I go and buy it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, what the heck? I'll, I'll buy it. Why not? And see if I enjoy it. So I, I maybe I will pivot, you know, RSP into a wow podcast. Right. Uh, podcast. I don't know. I just, the, the fact that they can charge the monthly sub like they do, like it's 19 bucks a month. I mean, unless you get a longer period of time, just blows my mind that there are still that many people out there willing to, to drop that to that much cash. It's part of the reason why I missed the entire wow craze. Cause I've been, uh, I, I was a small child when it came out and I didn't even dare bringing up the possibility that there's a game out there uh, to my parents that <laughs> requires a monthly uh, subscription. I, I even uh, winced just at the thought to this very day. Well, okay, you know, the fact that you're <laughs> you're saying that doesn't shock me, like, uh, whatsoever, but, you know, when it came out was around the same time I graduated high school, I had a, a you know, a job. Right, I right. I paid a lot of money, but I had cash. I was living at home. Cash so money. Yeah, it became easier to spend. My, my brother was the first one who signed up, and he convinced my parents to play. I still don't know to this day how he was able to wow. do that. 
my uh, second cousin who happens to live in Australia was playing. And so it was our way to sort of keep in touch with him That's cool. on the other side of the planet. Um, but as I sort of, you know, started going to, to the university college and I started, you know, got a full-time day job, suddenly paying for this monthly sub didn't make as much sense. Cause I wasn't putting in the same amount of time as I once was. And then eventually mm-hmm. I, yeah. I stop, but I, every so often I get this itch. I come back. Cause I, I, I just, I want to sort of experience the, the, the memories that. Yeah. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Yeah. I know it's the, some of the stories that are built in the lore that's behind it. Uh, right. like I am the guy that reads the quests. I pay attention to what the NPCs are saying to me. Um, and then I go like mindlessly head off to wherever I need to go to go and beat the living daylights out of an elemental or a tiger or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> Or a knoll. <laughs> Anywho, here we are at the end of an episode, as we said, a little bit shorter than the, the ones in the past. Uh, as a reminder, if for some reason you missed me saying it earlier, Extra Life Game Day is this weekend. And if you can do us a solid, uh, tune in, cheer us all on. And if you have it in you to provide us a donation, again, whomever you were to donate to the Extra Life, whichever gamer that happens to be uh, taking part, uh, again, Dollar for dollar, cent for cent goes to a Children's Miracle Network hospital. And if you happen to donate to me or to, I mentioned, Omni, uh, the uh, BC Children's Hospital Foundation is is the the one that will probably uh, go to. But any uh, any final words of wisdom uh, that you care to impart on all of our, our listeners here? Yeah, 58 days left to survive 2020. Good luck. It's kind of ominous. Yeah, it is. I mean, while it's... It's facts. It's very ominous. <laughs> well, like in years past, you might say that. I like, yeah, no problem. You say it now. It's like, well, okay. Yeah, the I closer, so. like, the closer you get to that landmark, like point, the scarier it gets. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, you know, keep on keeping on. I, I, I've sort of shared this uh, on the, on my personal Twitter account. Uh, if you, you know, happen to have me on Facebook or you follow my my TikTok account, which is at the Light Force, because someone else already took Light Force there, which drives me nuts. <laughs> um, I challenged people that if they feel the urge to go on a social media and say something negative or nasty about someone or something, <clears> to <throat> instead find something that they like or someone that they like and say something positive instead. It's a social experiment, and yes, you might you know call me you know silly for even suggesting it's possible, but try it. You'll be intrigued by how you know transformative that experience will be. And if you're curious, well, what does Chris mean by this? If I were to go onto Twitter and say the fill in the blank team is trash, that's negative. But if I were to go instead say the fill in the blank team, the one I actually support and follow and love is awesome, that's positive. And that's what I'm asking for you to do. Choose the one that is positive in nature. That is the way to go. And if more and more of us were to go and do that, again, social media would be a much better place than it can be, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. By the way, on on the keep on keeping on, did you uh, get to play Death Stranding in any way? Not yet. It's still shrink wrapped. Oh, such a good game. Uh, that phrase is a big portion of, of what that game is all about, I think. Interesting. Well, maybe, you know, if I <clears throat> ever tear the shrink wrap off, I might play it. 
who knows? Um, Days Gone is the other title that I discovered was still shrink wrapped. Never oh, actually Death Stranding is yeah. better though. Well, I'm sure it is. It's just I here I am. I'm like pre, these are pre orders that are like oh I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but uh, you know a few things as we wrap the episode up. Uh, please, if you haven't done so already, drop into our Discord. Join Discord Discord.io slash Ready Set Pwn. Uh, phenomenal conversations take place in there right now. Torb's workshop where a number of people, Polar Bear, Four Sheep, uh, Corin, they're all talking about uh pc builds axel's in on the action sam drops in with blue screens of death it's it's actually mm-hmm. one of the hottest channels we've got going right now derelict has been chatting about uh, things so if you have some thoughts on you know building a computer gear questions or just anything you want to share that's the place to go and we have obviously a conversation about the titans the defiant uh, extra life and everything in between you can find us on social media we're pretty much everywhere facebook twitter instagram it's at ready set phone I also ask if you haven't done so already is to uh, leave us a review, drop a review on whatever podcatcher you happen to listen to us in. Um, give us as many stars as you feel we deserve. Uh, provide us any content or context as to why you've given us the review that you have. Uh, what matters most is letting us know if what we do has meaning to you. And if it doesn't, uh, by giving us that insight, it allows us to improve on the product we provide to you each and every week. And last but not least, uh, if you can go to podchaser.com slash ready set pwn and drop a review there, whether it be on a particular episode or the actual show itself, that goes a long way as well. It's a little more social in nature. And if you were to go and share a review there, it also allows us to go and share that review uh, through our own social channels so that others can you know see what you, you think uh, about us. Again, maybe only tune in specific episodes. And those are the ones that you feel that you can speak to. That's perfectly fine. On podchaser.com slash phone, you can drop that information there. So on behalf of Sam, who forgot to show up today, because apparently he didn't change his clocks, I had another Sam Chen. Omni and Omni Strength, myself, Chris at Lightforce. We're going to sign this episode off with this magical two words. Catchphrase! Thank you.